Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Tape on Inside the Birds Network, where Greg Cassell and myself, Clay Harbor, former Philadelphia Eagles tight end, talk about everything Eagles from the previous week and the upcoming game and everything we've seen on the tape. So without further ado, because obviously we got a big game coming up this week, we're going to be quick when we talk about last week's loss to the Jets. When I was watching film after losses anyways, Greg, as a player, I didn't like to focus on that game. I wanted to get to the next week. I wanted to say, let's go watch the tape of this team, not the tape of our loss. So anyways, we're going to go back into it. We're going to dive in to what you saw on the tape against the Jets that led to this Eagles loss, Greg. Well, I'll tell you the one thing that stood out most to me, Clay, and I was very surprised I saw this because I can't recall – the last time I saw this, the Eagles offensive line was handled in this game. And you don't, like I said, I can't recall the last time I saw that. And it was not just Jack Driscoll replacing Lane Johnson. Obviously, he had his issues, no question. Yeah. But this was pretty much across the board. They got handled. That defensive front of the Jets is really, really good. And yep. it, they, they have tremendous depth. They're very much like the Eagles in the sense that they have players who are multi-positional within the front. Uh, and their two linebackers, Williams and Mosley, are as, yeah. as fast a, a nickel linebacking duo as there is in the league. So it was a, it was a tough go for the Eagles' offensive line. And like I said, uh, uh, I'm surprised to hear myself say that, but that's exactly what the tape showed. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I think I, I saw a lot of that as well. You know, obviously Lane Johnson was was sorely missed. And for me, I don't want to sound like I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses, but looking back, I did a second watch today, and I'm like, man, if there aren't all these injuries, and there were a number of freak accidents, like the, the Goddard play. I mean, you're we're talking about the the uh the swift fumble. We're right. talking about that. I mean, there was a number of like freak accidents out there that I'm like, okay, you got Devontae Smith dropping passes. You got Kenny Gamewell dropping yeah. passes. So for me, I think if they were still in that game, still should have won it down the stretch. They still, they still had a, the best opportunity to win. They were winning the game the whole, the whole way. No way they should have lost that game with all the injuries, with all these crazy turnovers that happened. that were kind of, you know, almost freak accidents. They still should have won the game. 
So for me, it wasn't all doom and gloom. Obviously, you want to get these guys healthy. Obviously, you know, there's some issues there with, you know, with the offensive line. But overall, I said, okay, they're not, they weren't going to go undefeated. I thought they had plenty of opportunities to win. I really thought there were some positive things in this game, believe it or not. I mean, A.J. Brown looked good. And, you know, I think some defensively, the defense really played a good game. You know, you can't really yeah. fault the defense for much. No, no. And I, and I think that was expected given the quarterback they played. And don't forget, the Jets did not turn the ball over. The Eagles turned the ball over, I believe, four times. The yeah. first two picks were not on Jalen. Um, the third one was, and I only he could tell us what he saw, because yeah. he doesn't usually, Clay, as you know, he doesn't throw those kinds of picks. He doesn't throw picks where he literally sticks the defensive player between the numbers. So he that that did not register to him. Adams did not register to him as he dropped back and threw the ball. Now, I have a whole theory on that play, um, which might be a little too much getting into the weeds as to why it happened. So maybe I'll leave that alone. But uh, all I will say is the Jets showed a very similar pressure look earlier in the game mm -hmm. in which they brought the three guys from his from one side. And I think he thought that the three guys from the one side may be coming on that play. And maybe he just didn't think Adams would drop out and be a, a an underneath pass coverage defender. I don't know that. Only Jalen could tell you that. But the bottom line is he doesn't throw those kinds of picks. That was fluky for him. No, absolutely. And, you know, he's kind of trying to force it to, to Goddard there at the end of the game. You know, you're on that drive. You want to go, you go down the field and score. And I think pressure does that to you, though. You'll see once you start getting pressure, it, it kind of hangs with you. You see you're getting a couple of hits here and there. But, you know, hat is off to Robert Sala. I think he put together a good defensive game plan. They were able to force turnovers if they were, you know, obviously, you know, some of them weren't turnovers, you know, strictly on Jalen Hurts. But, you know, when they punched the ball out from Swift and then obviously the Goddard right. give up there. But overall, I thought they had a, uh, you know, a solid game plan. Anything else you want to touch on maybe defensively, defensive line before we, uh, you know, pack in, like I always said, I want to pack in and go to the next week after a tough loss. But anything else you want to touch yeah, on? Yeah, I mean, there? I thought it was interesting that the Eagles started the game playing basically a 6 1 front. And obviously, they only did that through the first, oh, maybe four or five plays, um, uh, basically saying, hey, look, you know, we're going to make Zach Wilson have to beat us throwing the ball. But when all was said and done, they only did it three or four times early on. Um, yeah. And then they went and played kind of their normal, uh, normal way they played, you know. Uh, I think, you know, the key, and, and this is probably cliched but true, and you know this from being a player, is uh, the Jets did not turn it over. You know, they, they could not create any turnovers. So when that happens, you know, even if the other team has to punt, which they did, you're still flipping the field. And, and, and that's, you know, I guarantee they expected going into this game, you know what the, the – uh, defensive backfield room was the coach is saying hey we're going to get a few in this game he's going to throw some to us and he really didn't and i yeah. think that was probably you know a, a, one of the deciding factors in the game yeah obviously zach wilson didn't have a good game the eagles were were able to get five sacks on him but no interceptions no fumbles and you know he did his job of you know putting it on his defense and, and his defense was able to force turnovers yeah. 
and the Eagles defense sword. One question I wanted to ask you, do you think there was a specific reason or something the Eagles saw that they only ran the ball with running backs on, you know, 14 carries? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know the answer to that, but they did not run it well. So maybe they just decided to go away from it. You know, sometimes games snowball like that, as you know, um, that all of a sudden you realize you're in the third quarter or early fourth quarter and it's, hey, we're not running the ball very often. But they certainly didn't have success doing it. Um, I mean, it was clear watching the tape, so I'm sure it was clear as the game was happening for the coaches that they're, they were kind of getting handled up front and that this Jets defense was the faster, more explosive unit, and they were controlling the game. So, you know, maybe they just felt, let's put the game in Jalen's hands as opposed to trying to run the football. Um, if I could, there's one player who really stood out to me, and I was really happy to see it on the defensive side of the ball. I thought Jordan Davis played really, really good football. I, yeah. I thought he played his best game as an Eagle, and the fact that he played 44 snaps is wow. a really positive sign going forward. Yeah, those big boys can't don't usually play that many snaps. And, you know, Greg, I noticed that too. The guy, you just can't move him. And then he was even getting some pass rush. Yeah, yeah. No, he – he, he played great, and that's why they drafted him. You and I both know when you trade up to draft a defensive tackle with a 13th pick, you're not drafting him to play 20 snaps a game and be a run yeah. defender. You're drafting him to play, you know, 35-plus snaps a game and to play as a pass rusher, and we'll see what happens this week. This is a different game, and we're going to get to it momentarily, but the fact that he played 44 snaps at a high level I thought was a real positive. Oh, absolutely, especially with uh... – you know, with Jalen Carter being out, he really yep. picked up the slack, and I really felt like the Eagles' defensive line, you know, was kind of controlling the game still. Even though Jalen Carter's not there, your number one pick in the draft, a guy that's been huge. You know, I thought Sweat played well. Hassan Reddick obviously had the two and a half sacks. Jordan Davis played really well and was was a force right there in the middle of the defense. So to put a bow on this one, tough loss for the Eagles. I think me and Greg both said, hey, you know that that Jets defensive line. Played, played a heck of a game, got after the Eagles O-line, but there was some freakish thing that happened. I'm still high on this team and think that once we get some of these players back, you know, obviously, you know, now you got Devontae Smith questionable. Dallas Goddard has the questionable tag on him. I don't know how that happened. Lane Johnson may or may not play. Reed Blankenship, but you're getting some guys back. You know, Darius Slay looks like he's going to play. Sidney Brown looks like he's going to play. Terrell Edmonds is going to play. So, they should get some good players back, and 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 hopefully, you know, that will obviously help. And maybe Jalen Carter plays, maybe doesn't, but will help with this team. But Greg, now let's move forward. Like I said, I'm playing. We lose a tough game. I don't even want to watch that tape. I'll watch the tape, but I want to move forward. Show me the Dolphins, okay? I don't even want to. We lost to the to the Jets. Okay, yeah. Show me the Dolphins. Let's start with this team. What is your first take? Obviously, the number one team in points per game, the number one team in yards per game, Tua Tungavaloa. He's a number one in rating, the number one in passing yards, the best receiver in the league, most passing yards, most passing touchdowns, yards per catch. Is this a game that the Eagles can win? What are you seeing on tape from the Dolphins? Well, I think offensively they're, they're fun to watch, first of all. But it's the style with which they play, Clay. Everything is quick rhythm, quick game. The ball gets out of Tua's hands. He's a first window thrower. Um, he's hardly been sacked. He's hardly been hit. 
They use motion more than any team in the NFL. We'll get to that in a moment. That's a critical point and what that means for a defense. Um, But just as a starting point, I would say this. This is the Cliff Notes version of their offense, and then we'll get into a little more detail. They work the edges in the run game and between the numbers in the pass game. That is the Cliff Notes version of their offense. And they have unbelievable speed all throughout their offense. So that presents some problems in its own right. And when you add that with the motion element, which is meant in many ways to get free access off the ball, now you're getting speed receivers screaming off the line of scrimmage. Very, It's almost impossible to press motion, as you know. So now it becomes somewhat of a track meet. And that's a tough deal. Um, the other point I would make, and I'd love to hear your point of view on this, and I've actually talked to coaches about this, but I thought this just from watching tape to play against the dolphins in normal down and distance situations. Obviously there's going to be third and longs in the game. I'm not talking about third and longs, but in normal down and distance situations, you have to play them the inverse of the way you would normally play. It's about coverage first, not pass rush because you're not going to get there. So now you have to take away the first window throws so that Tua holds the ball and then your pass rush can become a factor. But your pass rush is not number one here. It's inverted the way you normally think about pass defense. It's going, it has to start with coverage first. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, that's a good point. And Greg, the first thing I noticed, I was talking with Jeff Mosher, I messaged him right before we got on here, and I go, man, just watching this, the amount of motion. Yeah that this Dolphins team, and this isn't just typical cross-formation motion. They're doing boomerang motion. They're doing running back motion. They're doing tight end motion. They're doing yeah. receiver motion. They're doing behind the running back motion. They are doing all types of misdirection stuff. And what have we seen the Eagles struggle with this season? Motion. And they do a lot of switch releasing, too, with Tyreek Hill. Yeah. The things that that does is obviously it makes you tip your hand. Are you man or zone? then it makes you – you can't really disguise coverages. You're not going to be able to do that much. So Great Eagles point. are going to have their hands full. You know, If you don't have everybody healthy, they're going to have to be able to communicate really well. One of my keys this week for the Eagles defensively, start there, is communication. And like you said, you can't, send, you can't blitz extra guys because who's the number one quarterback per ESPN next-gen stats at getting the football out quick? It's Tua. That's the Tua. way they play. And Tua. you made a great point. And if I could amplify it, what, what motion does and the amount of motion they use, and there's multiple kinds of motion. It's not just one thing, as you said, but it shrinks your defensive menu. You can't get to all your calls because you can't rely on too much communication, particularly on the back end. And let's keep one thing in mind. The back end, other than the corners, they don't have a lot of experience playing in this league. So you know, it's not like you're playing the Buffalo Bills with Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, who play the Dolphins every year and have been in the league eight, nine, ten years and have seen everything and have played together for years and everything is automatic to them. The, the Eagles are not in that situation. Um, even if Blankenship goes this week, and I guess that's as we're speaking on a Thursday, we don't know if he goes this week. Um, so now all of a sudden you're playing, maybe Sidney Brown has to play 60 snaps. He's never seen anything like this in his life. And you can try to, uh, 
you know, <laughs> deal with this in practice. And, and, but yeah. it's not the same. It's like when people used to say with Michael Vick, oh, put a fast guy and, and, and that's the way Michael Vick plays. And then defensive guys get on the field and go, man, he's way faster than I, I even <laughs> thought. You know, that's the way it, you know that from playing. You can't yeah. really simulate that. So, you know, if, if they're, if they're down at safety and playing with inexperienced guys, it's, it's going to be a tough deal. This is a hard offense to get a handle on. And, um, and with the ball coming out so fast, if you're just a fraction slow, this is a game of fractions, the NFL. If you're a fraction slow, that, that can be a problem against this offense. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you're right. And if you're, if you're that scout team and you're drawing up these cards and you're trying to figure out these motions and, and write them up on cards and yep. get it set, you're not going to be able to get a great look at a team like this. So their film study this week is going to have to be completely amplified. Uh, Sean Desai is going to have to have these rules set up for these guys, and they're going to have to know exactly what they're doing. This is going to be a tough week. And All the motions, the shifts, and everything they got. And then this is the fastest team you're going to face. Yeah, this is and, 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 and you can't really play single high. You have to play split safety because otherwise – we've seen when teams try to play single high, then they just put Hill on the edge of the numbers and he runs by corners <laughs> and, and he'll run by Slay and he'll run by Bradbury. I mean, that's just the way it is. So, you know, you almost have to play split safety. You have to have a great feel for their route concepts because as I said, the pass rush becomes the second part. You have to be able to get there with four, but after you take away the first window, because you're not exactly. going to get there first. Because you, in order to get there first, you would literally have to get there in two seconds. That's a great point, Greg, because yeah. Tua gets rid of the ball so fast. So the first aspect, as Greg is saying, is you got to take take away these first window throws because the pass rush would never have time Correct. to get there. And then after you do take away that first window, the pass rush has to be right on Tua. As soon as he, he, he misses <laughs> that first window and takes a step to look downfield, the pass rush has to be right there to get to two and the only game the Dolphins lost this year was against the Buffalo Bills in that one game uh, the, the the Buffalo Bills had four sacks taken besides that Tua is is the number one quarterback as as far as being hit the guy never gets hit he never gets hit he's got the lowest at 24.3 yep. quarterback pressure percentage per ESPN next gen stats he is the lowest pressured quarterback in the league and is it because their offensive line is that great solid offensive line they're, they're missing teron armstead we're talking about missing missing lane johnson teron armstead is just as important to the dolphins as you're right. lane johnson is you're, to the yeah. eagles and, and, this is a big time guy and they're missing him they're still the lowest pressured team in the league because of the the, the way the concepts they run and how how quickly they get rid of the ball and I think when it comes to the run game, because they do run the ball. I mean, obviously, we you can talk about the pass game forever, but the run game, you know, Mostert, they get him on the edge. Your, your linebackers have to play really well in the run game because, like I said, you're going to play a lot of split safety. So your safeties are not really going to be primary run defenders because they can't cheat up too much because they yeah. just can't let anything go over the top of them. Um, and it happens fast. Uh so, you know, your linebackers have to play really, really well in the run game. Yeah, and to talk about, we talked a lot about the pass game. I mean, you look and in, in see what, what Moser was able to do last week, Greg. You know, he, he had a heck of a game. I think he had over 100 and, he uh, 
120 yards, a touchdown. So how do you think that the Eagles obviously give, obviously giving up 3.1 yards per carry? Do you think this defensive line, these linebackers, knowing that you're probably going to have to put some safeties deep to, to make right. sure that Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill will run past you, do you think they can still stop this run? The question for me, Clay, is this. Do the Eagles play their normal approach and say, hey, we have a really good defense and we're just going to play the way we play because we're good? Or do you try to do something a little bit out of the ordinary? In other words, we saw them start in a 6-1 front to play against uh, um, the Jets. Obviously, they're not going to do that against the Dolphins. Yeah. Do you yeah. do something different? Do you maybe and, – and I'm not saying they're going to do this, but I think about watching college football in the Big 12 and all these teams that play 3-3 fronts. And a lot of these 3-3 front fronts are geared to deal with RPOs, okay? Now, the Dolphins run RPOs, but even their normal quick play-action pass game has the look and feel of RPOs. And it gives you another underneath defender that takes away a window throw. So, again, I'm not, it's not like I have the, the bat phone to Sean Desai. I have no idea what they're planning or what they're going to do. I'm just trying to think this through intellectually. Yeah and academically as you know coaches do and think do the eagles just line up and play their normal way or do they have some specific plan that that they have to trot out this week because of the nature of the team they're playing against yeah that's a good question and and um the last thing i'll ask you greg is you know darius slays back you know james bradbury how do you think these? Do you think these guys can maybe get back to form of last season? Do you think there's a way that they can cover these guys, even if they're given time? Um, that's a very good question. Obviously, it's all speculative. Neither you nor know, I, I know the answer to that. But yeah. I would say that both Slay and, and Bradbury have not played to the level that we've seen them play in the past up to this point. Doesn't mean they're not capable of it anymore. We don't know that. You know, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But up to this point in this given season, they have not played up to that level. Um, they're going to have to play really, really well. And my guess is Bradbury's going to play a lot of off coverage because even at his best, he's not a speed guy. You know, you can yeah. run by Bradbury. No, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think we did a good job there covering the defense. And you know, now we're going to get to, uh, you know, my side of the ball. And I think this is going to be one of the most important games for the Eagles offense because – this is gearing up for a game that you're going to have to put some points on the board. You're, you're, you're going to have to yeah. score. You're not going to be able to get into the red zone and kick field goals. Obviously, the Eagles' red zone offense has been struggling. You're going to need to score touchdowns. You're going to need to be efficient, and you're going to need to score points against this Dolphins team, this number one offense in the league. So what are you seeing on tape? Do you think the Eagles you know, have a chance to have some success? Because obviously, this Dolphins' defensive line – is is top five i gotta look up the stats but they're they're one of the best teams in, in pressure and opposing defenses and i think there's some space if you if you give them time if you give the quarterback give hurts time i think the defensive backfield might be a little bit of a weak spot and Xavier howard left the game early i don't know what his status is for this week too <coughs> but what's your thoughts eagles offense versus the dolphins defense Look, you and I both know that games are not one or lost on paper. And when you look at this game, you kind of get the feeling that it could be a 42-35 game. But again, <laughs> it could also be a 21-17 game. You have no idea. We're just we're just using the, the sample size of this season as our guide. And based on that, we think it's going to there'll be points scored. And I think the Eagles need to score points. So now that raises another question. Offensively. Do you come out and try to be aggressive throwing the football 
Or, and this is always the question, or do you think, okay, let's try to, I don't want to say shorten the game because I don't think the Eagles are the kind of team that thinks defensively on the offensive side, but does that creep into your mind a little bit with the idea that, hey, let's run the ball really effectively. Let's come with a multiple diverse run game and obviously hopefully get some explosive plays in the run game, but at the same time, that does eat a little bit of clock. Maybe it cuts down on possessions. Now we have to score touchdowns at the end of those drives. Um, or like I said, do you come out and think, hey, let's just toss the ball you know, all around the yard, feeling that this is going to be a 40-30, 42-35 game, and we have to make big plays in the pass game. You know, I think that's another really interesting question that we're not going to know the answer to. My sense is they're going to be aggressive with the pass game. Yeah, I, I think I think that's my sense too, Greg. And you know, looking at this Dolphins defense, they have 21 sacks, which is third in the league, and they're number one in quarterback hits. Yeah, with uh, pass defense is giving up a 98.9 rating, which is 26 in the league, and uh, their completion percentage is over 70, percent which is also 26. And to wide receivers, they're giving up 106 rating allowed. Not a huge numbers guy. Obviously, he's a player. I want to watch the tape. I just want to focus on matchups and I want to go out there and play and attack the weaknesses. But these numbers do tell me something. They tell me that you can attack these defensive backs. If you can get time to throw the ball, obviously Jack Bristol <coughs> holds up. If Lane Johnson plays great, you know, I think he'd probably be better off setting than, than driving on that ankle. Yeah. But if he doesn't play, if you can hold up, I think that AJ Brown, Devonte Smith can have a big game. You know, as an offensive player in the league, I start watching this tape. The tape that I'm seeing, I try to put myself in the position as if, if I'm going into this game and, and I'm playing as a player. And when I'm watching this film of this Dolphins team as a tight end, I'm thinking, okay, they got some dogs up front, but I think we can really get open in this defensive backfield. I think these, these linebackers are solid, but in pass coverage, I think I could probably run some routes on these guys. Well, I think our receivers, if we give them time, we're going to be able to run past some of these guys and find some open holes in this defense. So I think, you know, for me, looking at it as a player, when I, when I watch, I say, I think the Eagles are going to attack in the pass game this week. Obviously, you got to put some points up on the board. I think, obviously, still you're going to mix in DeAndre Swift and get him his touches and and hurts you know has been picking it up the last few weeks as a far as part as as far as the the run game goes for quarterback he's been doing a great job there and doing some things only he can do so in my opinion i see them going after the defensive backfield but my only you know my my only worry is this this defensive line and i think you're just going to have to use some chips which means obviously you're not getting as many receivers out in the routes but if Driscoll's in there, if you're if they're getting pressure, you're going to have to chip. I think last week, you know, one of the things they could have probably did a better job of was they're running their typical offense, and you, you don't prepare for that. You don't prepare for your the, the best right tackle in the NFL to to be out of the game, but you got to know it's a possibility. And when he does, you got to use chips. You got to throw off the rhythm and timing of these pass rushers. When you do that, I don't care who's pass rushing. You can do that to a healthy Von Miller. You do that to Micah Parsons. You do that to whoever. Right. You throw up these guys' rhythm and timing. They're not the same guys. One thing I'm thinking about in this game is what the Eagles' predominant personnel package will be. Because one thing about the Dolphins' defense is when they're in base, okay, they play Kohu at one corner opposite Howard. They, they bring in Eli Apple in their nickel and dime. 
to play outside and they bring Kohu in the slot. But in their base, Kohu plays outside. And I think he's a beatable and attackable player. So if the Eagles go with 12 personnel, and, and again, nothing's you know a high percentage. I'm not saying they're going to go 12 personnel, two tight ends, 80% of the snaps. <laughs> yeah. But I think there's a way to attack Kohu. You know, we saw a number of weeks ago with the Bills where Diggs just ate him up. Um, you know, he, he's not a great cover corner on the outside. And if you get either Smith or Brown working against Kohu, um, if the Eagles are in 12 personnel, assuming the Dolphins stay with what they've done up to this point this season, that may <clears throat> that may be a way, Clay, to be aggressive with the pass game and really take advantage of matchups that favor you. No, I you know, I like that. I think that's a good plan. You got to find out which, you know, which personnel groupings give you those matchups and I think yeah. you know I think that Brian Johnson will do you know will do just that and you know Jack Stoll I think he didn't have many snaps last week I saw him miss on a couple blocks and obviously Goddard is a guy that you want to get involved early have these two tight end sets so I think that's something that could definitely help the Eagles out is utilizing that base package and not letting them sit in nickel all day but uh, anything else, Greg, before we put a bow on this thing, anything else that stood out to you watching the film that you saw from this upcoming game, Eagles versus Dolphins Sunday night? Uh, I mean, this is a game we could talk about for hours, Clay. But, um, yeah. you know, I think that we probably hit on a lot of the main points. Um, you know, again, like we said, when you just look at this game, you feel like there'll be a lot of points scored. That's what you feel like. Um, and, uh, you know, that would be a fun game to watch. Obviously, we hope the Eagles would have more. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'd i be very surprised if this game turned out to be 21-17, wouldn't you? Oh, I'd, I'd definitely be be surprised. And this is, like I said, watching the film, going and watching the tape this week and, um, you know, looking at some of these games. I, I, I said this is going to be a fun one. This is one of those games you, as a player, it's, it's kind of like you almost get that feeling in your gut as an offense. Like, okay, this is going to be a fun one. We're going to put some yep. points on the board, and we are going to have to be the ones to go out there and win this one for the defense this week. So I love that. I agree with you, Greg. So what's your, what's your take? This is a tough one. This what are you thinking, one. Greg? Give me your I, thoughts. You know, I, I struggle with the Eagles secondary at the safety position against this offense. That, that to me is a concern. Again, not saying they won't play well or – they won't make plays, but I think that's a concern going in just because of who they put out there, the lack of experience, not a lot of time playing together, which I think is important playing against the Dolphins. So, you know, I, that that to me leads me to think that the Dolphins are, are you know, I never use the term at will. I, that In football, I hate when people say they can do that at will. Nothing happens at will. You know that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think that it, I think it's going to be difficult for the Eagles to really shut down the Dolphins in this game. Yeah, I agree with you, Greg, and this will be the first game that I think that the the Eagles, uh, I think they can win. There's a path to Eagles victory sure. here, but if I had to take, you know, bet on the team this week, which I probably, if I was a sports better, I probably wouldn't touch this game, but I, I would go with the Dolphins this week, and this would be the first week I would say that I would go against the Eagles, and I think this could be, you know, obviously we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Counter chickens before they hatch, Greg. But I think this could be a matchup we could see maybe later on in the playoffs. Obviously, the one team's in the NFC, one team's in the AFC. There's only one point in the playoffs they could reach together. That's <laughs> right, the Super Bowl. right. <laughs> well, we'll see. This is the first of 
uh, you know, and then the Eagles have a bye a little bit later. But when they come off that bye, they've got a stretch of difficult games. Now, they're a really good football team, so they could win every single one of them. We know that. But they've got – if they end up with, a you know, a 14-3 record this year or something along those lines, they will be battle-tested to get into the playoffs because they've got a stretch of really difficult games. This is kind of the first one. Yeah, absolutely. And we are looking forward to it Sunday night football. And I will see everybody again on the post-game show with the Inside the Inside the Birds Network. But for, for tonight, from myself, Clay Harbor, former Eagles tight end, and Greg Cosell, we bid you farewell. And we will talk to you guys next week on Inside the Tape.